You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Would you build a house without a foundation? Would you have a child and not name it? Would you let a stranger squat on your property? No, of course not. So why should the internet be any different? Every week, speak with top domain experts. Learn how to make money with domains. Know your legal rights. Each week, join our expert host to be master of your domain. Right here on Domain Masters. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Domain Masters. This is Monty Khan, your host. I uh, got another great show lined up this uh, tonight. Uh, have Ron Jackson from DN Journal. We're going to recap what's been going on since the beginning of the year in our last conversation a few weeks ago. Uh, there's been a lot of exciting sales and news in the industry. And uh, I have uh, Shell from Snap Names on. Uh, we're going to talk about the expired name market, uh, some of the uh, opportunities and issues people are having with their expired name dropback services. Talk about uh, the new TF service that's um, catching a lot of names. Uh, um, and uh, we'll cover a lot of the issues. Definitely log into the chat room, uh, the lounge, and uh, post your questions up. We'll try and get them answered for you. And uh, look forward to having a great show tonight. We're going to break for a couple commercials, be back with Ron Jackson, and uh, do a little recap about what's going on with the domain industry. And uh, back, be back to you in a couple minutes. MasterRadio.fm. Get addicted. Get ahead. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R.com. More than a name. Hey. 
Hey, look here. Huh? I just got another check from a new program I joined. Yeah, what effective CPM are they paying you? I'm not sure. They just send me a check, not a detailed breakout. Are you joking? There's lots of ways to make money, but you need to be the master of your own destiny, man. Pass me the dish soap. Oh? With ValueClick Media, I instantly adopted a national sales force that delivers recognizable ads with high CPM payouts. Plus, their new interface lets me control the ads I want to run and tells me how much I earn from each advertiser. Now, doesn't that make a lot more sense to you? Wow. Thanks for the tip. Sure. I'm going to give ValueClick Media a try. Cool. It's your turn to try. Join the ad network publishers trust most. Apply today at ValueClickMedia.com. Contrary to what your mother told you, you cannot be all things to all people. You can, however, focus on your primary business and ensure your success by outsourcing technical projects to a company who is forward-thinking, solutions-oriented, and works as a complete extension of your organization. No need to do it over and over again. SRK Consulting can develop integrated automation programs, programming in most major languages and operating systems. SRKConsulting.com. Making sure your mother is always proud. WebmasterRadio.fm. Take your hat off, kick your feet up, and log into the feed. We're here for you 24-7. Commercials off. Now back to Domain Masters. Hello, welcome back to the show. Uh, again, this is Monty Khan, your host. Uh, I have uh, Ron Jackson on the line, the editor, chief, owner, operator of uh, the DN Journal. Ron, welcome. Thank you, Monty. Glad to be with you again. Yeah, been a few weeks, uh, actually several weeks. When was the last time we had you on? Uh, it's probably been a little over a month now. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I know a lot has been uh, going on in the domain name industry, particularly in the sales market. I thought it would be a good idea to recap things, see where we are uh, year to date. Um, we're rolling into uh, the middle of March now, and uh, there's been some significant uh, announcements in sales. Uh, what's the what's the buzz on the street? Well, of course, we got out of the gate very quickly in 2005, and it really it just has never let up. It just gets, you know, every week there's uh, major your sales, big stories. You, you never have to look any further back than the current week to find something that you know will really open your eyes. Uh, just this week, the number one sale that we reported was gospelmusic.com, which went for $150,000. And that ranks among the best four sales that we've seen so far this year. In fact, ties for number three with ged.com, both of those going at that 150 k mark. And another remarkable sale this week was Lottery org, which went for over $66,000. And the amazing thing uh, about that, it's obviously a great keyword, but in .org, the highest price that we have ever had reported at DN Journal dating back to the fall of 2003 when we started our reporting was a little bit over $16,000. So all of a sudden, in one leap, we've gone four times higher than anything we've ever had reported uh, to us in that extension before. And I I think that's just um, uh, an indication of how broad, you know, the uh, success has been in the domain market over the past uh, about year and a half now. Obviously, the dot-coms are, are going crazy, uh, but you have to have a, a pretty solid bankroll to play uh, at the upper levels of the dot-com market. So that's spreading out to a lot of the other extensions. There are also a number of good dot-net sales this week, which we uh, haven't always seen a lot of at high levels, but 
but those are coming along just fine as well. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I guess it was last week or maybe it was two weeks ago, Local.com, which right. was a, uh, which um, actually had a little business behind it, but still a $700,000 purchase of a domain name and uh, um, definitely right into the local search market, I guess. That was just two weeks ago, and that is the largest sale that we've had to date. And there was a site associated with that, as you said, but the buyers said that they're going to scrap the content that is on there. They said that $700,000 was just for the domain name alone, and now they're going to bring their own uh, new content to the site. So, you know, that's that, that's pretty amazing when you look at it. Those are the kind of figures that just uh, keep bringing new blood into the market. Yeah, and uh, we definitely at, uh, at uh, Moniker and Domain Systems see a big uh, upswing in a lot of the domain sales as well. Uh, obviously, we weren't able to report a lot of them, but uh, we've had uh, five, six-figure sales in the last two weeks as well that have been quite significant and uh, definitely seeing um, a lot of the um, um, you know online community, corporate online community, uh, recognize again how valuable it is to have a good brand and identity, that's for sure. One thing that I have noticed, and uh, well, the first noticed it last year was getting phone calls from venture capital companies that were starting to sniff around in this industry. Once that Marchex deal happened at $164 million, that has just opened the floodgates, and a week doesn't pass now that we don't have someone from an investment bank or a VC company call and want information on what's going on. The interesting thing about it is they really don't, uh, I won't say this about all of them, but many of them really don't understand the industry at all. It, it has flown under the radar for so long, they really don't know what's going on. But when they saw Marchek spend that kind of money, they know something's going on, and they're trying to get a handle on it. So uh, a lot of people with great portfolios or news sources or any, anyone uh, really involved in the business is getting these contacts as those VC people try to get a handle on what's going on, and, and that portends to me of a flood of money that's going to come into this market over the next year or so. Yeah, I totally agree with you. When we were at SES a couple weeks ago, I saw more VCs stopping by our booth and asking questions about domain names in the domain name market than I ever have, probably in all the years that we've been in business and uh, going to shows. And uh, they are definitely on the, the bandwagon. They're trying to educate themselves around domain names, um, you know, uh, ta traffic, uh, traffic aggregation, traffic monetization. Uh, they're looking into getting into the market uh, in a big way for sure. You know what will be interesting historically to see when we look back on it, a lot of people uh, looked at Marchek spending that kind of money, and it was on what was an unknown quantity to the financial markets when they laid that money down. And a lot of people thought, wow, that's just an insane amount of money. But the funny thing could be that you could look back a year or two from now and say that they got a steal, because you may have now 10 VC companies come in that have got enormous war chests who may spend you know more money than that. And in the long run, Marchex may have walked up with a bargain. Oh, I, I would say so. I mean, uh, as we said in previous weeks, the... Uh the um, that particular purchase was one of probably many that are going to occur. Uh, probably not the first one that's going to occur this year, and uh, it's definitely good for the domain community and good for the online, um, you know, online presence for both the companies that buy it and also the online advertisers that are depending on uh, visitors, natural type in visitors, to see their ads and their products. So it's a natural progression, and they, um, you know, those domain names when you own the traffic. Uh, it is key. It's key to your success on the web and when you're in control of that traffic. And so a lot of the a lot of the domain community knows that and recognizes it. And as long as there's fair market values um, placed on those domain names, there will be sales and transactions done. Right. That's for sure. 
another trend that I've spotted since I talked to you last was that uh, most of the, we see more high dollar sales now than we've ever seen. Uh, looking at five-figure sales, for example, when we do a, a top ten chart every week, going into this year, it was a rarity to have every single name on that chart be in the five-figure range. Uh, starting right around the time I last spoke with you, every single week, Every name on the chart hit it, and not only everyone on the chart, but maybe four or five more off the chart, which just shows you now how deep this is going. I, I saw a few comments from people this week are saying, I can't believe people are spending this much money on uh, on a particular name. Uh, but it's just like there's almost a, a buying panic going on. Uh, some people that aren't well-educated are probably spending too much money on some names, but uh, people who know what they're doing are still getting some pretty decent deals. Right, and, and, I, and I think that... Uh, you know, if you have some of that money uh, at your uh, disposal, uh, that like the real estate market, it's um, in the long term. If you're thinking long term, um, it, it's going to be a good investment. Yeah, you may, some people might be overpaying now uh, for some of those domain names. I still think that there's some people underpaying for some of those domain names. But in the long run, uh, and if you're in it for the long haul, uh, regardless of whether you're buying it as a speculative call and somebody else is going to buy it from you, um, I do believe that you will get a return on that investment. More and more people are getting on the web every single day. The industry is booming um, in terms of the number of registrations, even new registrations. We're going to talk to the SNAP folks about the, 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 the snapback services in the expired name market. It's still um, vibrant and, uh, and growing. A lot of the, matter of fact, a lot of the top names on your list are through their bidding process. And uh, they've been getting a lot of uh, a lot of the high bids. Well, I'll, I'd like to say this: take this opportunity, just as an individual, to say how happy I am to see Snap names back in the game. They were the longtime leader, a pioneer uh, that whole that whole field. And as, as everyone who's been playing for a while knows, they got caught in a situation where where the industry model changed. Uh, I think it was around the summer of '04 when competitors started moving to an auction format. And Snap Names decided uh, for quite a long time to stay with that set price model that they have where uh, you would pay, I think it was $69, and that was it. Whoever got the first slot got the name. The problem, of course, was that others running auctions were generating far more money and started taking partners away and that sort of thing. But Snap Names has a lot of friends that they <clears throat> excuse me, earned because I've always felt they're one of the top customer service companies in the industry. Uh, I've always been extremely well taken care of there. And so, you know, they were trying to do a good thing for their customers at their own expense, as it turned out. Uh, they eventually, of course, made some uh, exclusive arrangements with the network solutions and uh, now are right back where they were years ago on top of the game. And, and as you say, every week they've got a number of great sales on the chart and they're lining up more and more uh, new exclusive arrangements. Uh, I know they just brought in It's Your Domain this past week. Uh, Bulk Register is with them. Um, but they're innovating um, they're just the way that they did years ago and, and in, a, in the kind of industry that we're in where the changes happen so quickly, if you don't innovate, you're going to be exterminated. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we're going to cover a lot of stuff with Snap. Uh, you know, there's some resentment out there from uh, some of their positionings and alignment with um, with uh, the, the VeriSign group and then Network Solutions. But, you know, in the long run, 
as long as we're making, um, you know, providing a fair market and allowing people to buy domain names um, uh, based off of values uh, compared to other bidders, uh, and um, they are putting a lot of things in place to eliminate shill bidding and, um, you know, artificial inflated bid prices, and uh, that's the good part of the game. The bad part or the challenging part is to help domainers get their names out of some of the uh, fly-by-night registrars that they capture their names in, and that's some of the things that we do to help out. and. We're going to talk to them a lot about that because that's a big challenge. Once you capture these names, getting them all organized, getting them all consolidated, finding out where they all are, you know, who's got actual people at registrars to help you get those names out and get them unlocked and get them into your secured registrar. And uh, so we're going to go through some of that stuff tonight and help people out. It's interesting that you bring that up because I'm going through that. I actually just solved a problem today that was giving me just that kind of headache. Um, you know, that was a, a monster problem all of last year, and we wrote an editorial about that. Uh, when you go into a drop catching service, they've got alignments with multiple registrars, and some of those are just uh, essentially shell operations with no uh, customer service at all. And as you mentioned, getting your names out of there can be terrible. Um, uh, November of last year, ICON set a new policy which made it easier to get names out of registrars, which opened up a, you know, an, another issue that you're well familiar with, which is the security of your domain names. Um, that solved some of the problem in, uh, with many registrars and getting names out. It got a little bit easier, but even today, as I learned this week, there's still some, some of those operations out there that feel like they don't have to abide by the rules. I had a particular registrar uh, with names I had a uh, acquired through pool.com last spring, uh, and this registrar is up in Canada, and they had applied locks to the domains. Everyone's familiar with an unlock lock that you have at most registrars that you can control through an interface. Well, they put a second lock on it beyond that one. That lock was in the interface and was not locked, but then they had one they called their own lock, and it was grayed out, so the option could not be changed. You were, you were stuck there, and obviously you can't transfer a domain out as long as they have have it locked. Right. And my solution to that was to file a complaint with ICANN, and within a very short period of time, I never did hear from customer service at this particular registrar, which is a name I don't think anyone would recognize, but they did go in and unlock those domains, but only under that pressure, and I finally was able to put in a transfer order today. But, uh, you know, if, if you're, old-timers know it, but if you're new to this industry, I can't emphasize that enough. You know, find yourself a good registrar, that a name registrar with a good reputation that you're comfortable with uh, because it's just not worth the headaches to deal with the others. Yeah, definitely. And we, we do offer that service. If you have any additional problems, Ron, we can help you out as well um, because we have relationships both with Pool and with uh, and with Snap and also Club Drop and Name Winner. We can actually get those names out of basically anywhere. Um, it just takes a couple uh, uh, emails to my counterparts at each of those um, main ownership registrars, the people that actually control that stuff, or through Snap or uh, Pool directly. And I can help basically anybody get any name out, just email me, um, and we can uh, we can help that out. What's going on in the other extension markets, like the .info, .biz? What are you seeing in um, in some of those sales? Uh, anything happening in the country codes? It's it's been uh, very interesting there as well. Uh, again, it's a situation where this rising tide is lifting all boats. It just happened this week that in, on our new extension chart, .info swept the chart. They took all eight positions, which is very unusual because it's been a very competitive market this year, particularly .biz has made quite a move this year. Uh, 
they were really out of the race last year. But so far in 2005, looking at sales at our entry level on our year-to-date chart, which in the new TLDs is $1,200, at this particular point, .info's had 21 of those, but .biz isn't far behind with 16. Last year, .info had it in a runaway. This week we had uh, four four-figure sales in .info led by Snowboard .info at 2640 and then we saw a couple of three-letter .infos were next DGA .info at 2046 and LSD .info at $1000. Uh we had some lower uh, prices. We'll be going there. Uh, I'm sorry, what's that again? <laughs> we'll be going to lsd.info. That, um, I believe that the seller told me that it was a German company, and that it was, in fact, related to the hallucinogenic drug, but I can't remember um, what the purpose of the site was, but there was definitely a relationship to that. Yeah, definitely, and uh, there was a big announcement today as well regarding .eu. Uh, have you uh, got yourself, uh, um, you know, uh, familiar with that announcement and what's going to be happening with that? Well, I... I, I did see the announcement that you know, it looks like it'll be coming along this year. My personal, the way I personally uh, approach those things in terms of country codes, I pretty much stick just with my own because I've always believed in investing in what I really understand and what I know. So pretty much my interest is in .us. It does seem like a lot of Europeans have an interest in that extension. Um, I'm wondering about how that will be received, though, because in, there are already some very strong country code extensions throughout Europe and .de, .fr is pretty well accepted in France, .co.uk, obviously. So that's going to be an interesting story to follow, and I know I'm sure a lot of speculators are going to jump in and play that game, but personally, I'm going to watch it with interest, but I think as an investor, I'll be on the sidelines on that one. Yeah, they they, uh, they plan on having, uh, between May and June, a... Um a list of authorized, um, you know, sellers to be able to, you know, sell the extension, the .eu extension, and of course, everybody will be lining out out of the gates for the um, for the single word .eu names. And um, I, I, you know, I think uh, I think for you know the European Union, um, it, it should be interesting to see how it takes off. It's going to be, you know, because the country codes in each individual country are, you know, especially in Europe, a lot of them are popular, like .de .co.uk. Um, uh, it'll be interesting to see how um, everyone covers themselves in this .eu extension. That's for sure. You just never know how these these new introductions are going to play out. There was a lot of excitement around .cn when that came out among speculators, yet I haven't seen that pay off too well. Uh, there have been very, very few sales reported in it, and again, you're dealing, if you're in, a, in, a, in the English language, you're dealing with a totally foreign language. That's what I'm talking about, not understanding what you're buying. If you don't know what the Chinese market is looking for, don't even understand the language that that's really tough to succeed that way. So when uh, .in in India just opened, um, I kind of stayed away from that too. But I know some people have had much more success with that than uh, speculators had in .cn. And so there, there's more of an English-speaking market over there, also a very internet-savvy market. And I know one uh, fellow in particular who's uh, already gotten tens of thousands of dollars back. He told me his entire investment on a portfolio of about 500 domains from selling just a handful of them. So, you know, that that one kind of surprised me. So you just really never know how they're going to be accepted until the, the players get out there on the field and, and you see, um, you know, what people think of them. Yeah, definitely. And uh, for those of you that are interested, uh, .eu extensions um, or domain names will be, um, I believe, going out for about $50 or 38 euros or $50 uh, per year is the uh, 
annual uh, registration and uh, renewal rate. Um, uh, that's what they're predicting anyway. Uh, One thing um, I should also mention, since this is new since I last spoke to you, we have a new year-to-date leader on our new extension chart, and that's a .us, industry.us, sold last week for $17,000, which uh, top cell phones.us, which you sold at, yeah. at Moniker, uh, that's the number two sale this year, 12250 So even though we see more global TLDs, Info and Biz, on our year-to-date chart overall, .us has two of the top three sales so far this year. So yeah, I, might, I might have another one that's going to top them all called freesex.us. No kidding. How about that? That's a, that's a good one. <laughs> I like the price, too. It's a good name and a good price. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it'll, it'll, it'll probably take the top for a little while until somebody else has something that's a little, a little bit better on uh, on that. But uh, we have that up for sale and have a lot of interested parties on it. Great. Um, uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you uh, was the other, um, uh, you know, what else you're hearing in the industry? What's the what's the buzz going on outside of uh, maybe the domain name uh, uh, sales market and some of the other more regulatory issues? Uh, anything uh, that you're hearing about? Well, I think I think the biggest issue in, in the past week or two is the, um, what's going on with the dot pro registry. I don't know if you've been following that, but it's it's opened um, up a controversy on both sides. A single registrar, which was in Circa, uh, came up with a plan which allowed them to basically circumvent the registry rules on dot pro, which were extremely strict. You had to uh, have verified licenses, and I mean it's it's so complicated that it would take a half hour to go through all the restrictions that covered that. Uh, basically, what they did is. Uh, uh, offer a system where they remain the registrant. You can register any second-level name that you want. The, the uh, second level was not previously open. Before, you could only get third level. It would be like uh, eng.pro, uh, law.pro, and so on. But now you can go out and get something like auto.pro if it were available. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that that's not the agreement that Registry Pro, the, the, the uh, registry for that extension, made with ICANN. So there are a lot of people saying that that's breaking the the ICANN agreement. Other people like it because it opened up some some nice keywords for them in .pro. But uh, we've only you know there there may be another shoe that's going to drop. ICANN's asking a lot of questions about it, and there's a, uh, a conversation going on between them and, and Encirca, who came up with the idea. Um, I might turn that on you. I, I hate to catch you off guard here, but as a registrar, I'm wondering what uh, you feel about a registrar. Uh, finding a loophole, and it could could very well be legal under the language. But uh, I'm wondering what you think of that situation. Well, uh, I mean, obviously Tom uh, Barrett, who uh, who, who uh, created this uh, scenario, is a pretty smart guy. And Dot uh, Pro, to be honest with you, was a, a struggling uh, extension. It That's wasn't. Right. It wasn't very. It wasn't. It wasn't very well accepted. It was uh, totally over, in my opinion, uh, a very overpriced um, uh, extension, and didn't have any presence uh, really in the marketplace. It, for those of you that don't know what Dot Pro was aimed for, it was for the professional community, what they call the professional community, doctors and lawyers, to have this extension. It would come with um, certain certifications and certificates uh, uh, to cover uh, that extension. And it really never took off. So I think from one um, side, it makes the um, the offering a little bit more palatable from a financial standpoint. I mean, after all, um, uh, there's other extensions that are gaining value because people are being creative. I mean, look what, um, it's not the same, but it's a little bit similar to um, what the folks um, from um, uh, CCNIC are doing. 
right. um, which is using uh, third-level domain names like uh, uh, uk.com uh, as part of the base domain name and having that um, that uh, second level or third level domain name as part of their domain name and actually a lot of the search engines like it and um, and um, a lot of people are registering some of those domain names and feeding them into the search engines and Google likes that particular um, um, you know that particular string so it's working out pretty well um, I really don't have um, uh, a judgment either way. Uh, all, as bureaucratic as I can is, they will probably come up with a ruling um, uh, <laughs> that will probably not be what most people like. Let me ask you this. Uh, in Circa, uh, with this uh, idea, have an exclusive on that now. Do you think that other registrars will uh, copy the system they came up with, or do you think they'll sit on the sidelines until they see how this is going to shake out with ICANN? Well, I think that there will be some that, uh, that uh, copy a similar, um, uh, a similar you know, opportunity and uh, take advantage of those things. I mean, it's such... It, it, you know, we all, the registrar community works in such high uh, constraints, and uh, we have to follow certain guidelines and rules. And um, you know, it's hard. It makes it hard for those that are not running professional businesses, obviously, not to compete. And um, and when we do all compete with each other, it's uh, it's. I think it's good to be a little bit innovative. And so I, I really don't have anything really against it. And I do think there's going to be other creative ways to offer domain names. Um, uh, you know, using existing extensions like that. One complaint that I've seen is from some people who went to ICON and bid on a different extension, and they proposed some of the same things that Dot Pro did uh, that they're doing that Encirca is doing now. But they uh, their uh, application was rejected. ICANN said you couldn't do that. So uh, Dot Pro got accepted by saying they were going to do a certain thing, but now they're not. So you can understand there's some bitterness on that side uh, from the innovation side. I can see, um, I think, again, I, I said that earlier in the program, that you've got to innovate to survive uh, in this business. And, and the point that you made was definitely true. I think someone uh, had looked up in Google and there was something like under under 20 dot pro live websites, something really insane that this just wasn't going. So, you know, this is a thing where there's, there's strong arguments on both sides of the issue. So it'll be very interesting to watch it play out. Yeah, and uh, it might be a, an item of discussion at the upcoming ICANN meeting in, um, in Argentina, and um, I'm sure that it'll be discussed around, amongst the registrar, um, you know, gathering their constituency uh, that um, everyone belongs to, or at least the key registrars do. And, um, you know, I think that if it's available uh, to the other registrars to um, be able to share in some of that market, it's something that will be accepted. And, right. And uh, I, like, I like the fact that uh, you can still be innovative and still work within the roles like we do for security and other things that give us key advantages and if you can you can be innovative yet um, you know not break the rules and um, stay online and, and provide the best quality of service and support and security uh, and protect people's assets I think it's a good thing you know overall right I agree I definitely do so what do you see it coming in the in the near future and um, um, you hearing anything on the street about what's about to happen any large transactions about to, to give way well there's a rumor of um, Marchex doing another major act acquisition. Um, I've spoke with the seller, if indeed these were sold, involved, and he prefers to uh, stay under the radar at the moment, so I don't, don't want to say anything publicly about it. Some, a lot of people in the industry are aware of it. They saw a really nice group of domains that had who is information changed to uh, Marchex's servers. Uh, an odd thing about it is that <clears throat> that last check, 
the seller's name was still in the registrant field, though all the other fields had switched to March to Marcheck. So I don't know if that's just I don't know if they're test driving some traffic or if it was just something that was delayed for some reason. Uh, that deal looks to be worth uh, I've seen by some people who really know how to evaluate this stuff to be worth about three to five million dollars if indeed you know that happens. And uh, I can't say definitively that it did because of this uh, situation in the who is, but it affected a large group of, of very high-profile, high-traffic domains. Well, so it looks like Marchex is still on the prowl. Oh, oh definitely. Yeah. And then there'll be other companies doing the same thing, that's for sure. So that's a, that's a good sign that it's um, um, it's it's that there's still uh, there's still some good uh, good packages together uh, that's going to go that they're going to go in the marketplace. Uh, you know, in the past it was very hard to sell a group of domain names, and I think uh, this is uh, it's one of the, the when people contact us from a domain sales standpoint, they a lot of the similar domain names or groups of domain names they want an easy way to be able to sell the whole thing at once and feel that if you take one particular domain name that are like the others out of the mix, it's going to hurt the um, you know, hurt the value of the portfolio. And although the the ultimate search inventory were a group of a lot of different domain names, it's still um, you know under the same uh, general rule of thumb that it, I think it will be easier to sell portfolios of names these days uh, based off of the precedence that's just been set by uh, by Marchex and some of the others. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Because now you've got that uh, the deep pockets in the game. That that uh, I mean, we always had a lot of uh, people in the industry that have done extremely well, but they generally, as you say, want to go on a hand pick or cherry pick certain names but they're even even our most successful guys usually didn't have 150 million dollars sitting in the bank like some of these new corporations have that are just entering the space for the first time yeah and especially those that uh, that are able to get it through public funds <laughs> on right. the market yeah that makes a huge difference <laughs> yeah a huge difference that's for sure well Ryan, it was a pleasure having you on this week uh, I like uh, tapping into you and uh, getting into your head a little bit about what's going on in the industry and it's good to take a pulse about what's going on again uh, you run uh, probably the best uh, online uh, domain um, rich media content site for domain names and uh, if anybody hasn't visited dnjournal.com um, please go there it is a wealth of information great articles good cover stories every single month and uh, uh, what kind of cover story are you working on that for next month by the way well right now we, we just published a story here a couple of weeks ago on Adam Dicker yeah. um, uh, whom you had on as a guest not too long ago who runs dnforum.com and uh, Adam's pretty much playing the PPC game these days, and I'm talking with some people about uh, an article on the development side of things, which is another avenue you can take if you don't have PPC quality domains. So that's, uh, we haven't got it set in stone yet, but that's the primary topic that we're kicking around for next month. Cool, and that'll be out at uh, what? The Sometime first the first week of April. Uh, we try to get our new cover stories out, always have during the first week of each month. All right, great. Well, Ron, I really appreciate uh, your time today and uh, catching up on the industry. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to break for another couple commercials and um, have Shell on from, uh, from Snap. Um, and we're going to go over what's going on in the expired name market. Be back to you in a couple minutes. WebmasterRadio.fm. Get addicted. Get ahead. Attention webmasters. Wish you could convert more web traffic into cash? No need to rub a lamp. Just click on GenieKnows.com. Install a co-branded search box on your site or incorporate paid listings XML into search results. Add at your command. GenieKnows.com pays cash for each result your users click on. Enjoy prompt payment and superior customer service. Earn even more through our co-branded referral program. Genie knows how to deliver results. G-E-N-I-E-K-N-O-W-S.com. Proud sponsor of the Webmaster World. 
is a lot of webmasters out there, and they all have traffic to send you. For them to send you traffic, they need to know who you are. Want to reach them? Heck, you need to reach them. To reach them, you need to be where they are. You need to speak their language. You need to tell them how you're all going to make money together sending traffic to your sites. Webmaster Radio is the place to reach them. Webmaster Radio is the place where webmasters, affiliate programs, and internet businesses come together to learn, share, connect, and do business. Use banners? Buttons? Sure, you've got those here. But if you want to put out the message that not only tells them what you do, but the spirit of your company, Webmaster Radio is the place. We'll put out a professionally produced radio spot that can be informative, entertaining, even silly. It'll get your message out to the Webmaster community. And hey, we'll all do more business. Webmaster Radio, where everybody learns to make more money. Merchants offer your customers a billing solution with zero chargeback risk. Introducing DuoCash. DuoCash. And the revolutionary card that's just like using cash on the net. No credit card or bank account required. DuoCash is available wherever prepaid calling cards are sold or online at DuoCash.com. So ensure your customers' online experience anywhere they see PayByCash.com or DuoCash. And don't leave money on the table. Sign up with DuoCash, the official prepaid shopping card of the internet. DuoCash. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearchMedia.com today. Tulsa to Tunisia, Boston to Bogota. All united through WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Domain Masters. Hello, welcome back to the show. Uh, thanks to Ron Jackson for uh, spending the time with us uh, tonight and going over what's going on in the domain industry. I have another great guest on tonight, uh, Shell Holmberg from uh, Snap Names. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, interest in having someone on from the expired name market, and uh, I think I have one of the top uh, top companies and one of the top folks to talk about it. Hey, Shell, welcome to the show. Ah, thanks for having me, Monty. Glad I could join you. Yeah, me too. Uh, I know that you and I have never met or even have uh, even spoken before, but uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your role with Snap Names and uh, kind of what brought you to uh, their organization, and uh, then we'll get into the nitty-gritty of uh, some of your services and how to help those that are using your services. Oh, sure, sure. Well, my official title of Snap Names is Manager of Business Development. Um, that doesn't really encompass everything that I do, though. I in addition to seeking new partnerships for Snap Names and managing the partnerships we have, I also deal with a lot of customer issues uh, as well as doing some technical troubleshooting. Um, I found my way to Snap Names uh, kind of by accident. I've I've been here since we opened the doors. Oh, right. And, so, and when was that? Uh, would have been June of 2000. Oh, wow. Okay, great. And I came to Snap Names just out of law school and have never left. And what were you, oh, so you came in from law school, so you know, you really didn't have any uh, experience outside the, the internet market prior to that, huh? You know, I I had experience with domain name law, but but never as an end user, uh, never as as what people have come to know as a domainer. So no, I was I was really new to 
to the domain name market when I started. Wow. And and did you know folks at Snap, uh, and that's why you got, uh, you, did you do kind of an internship, or you just came right on board with a, with a position they had open, or... Um, you know, I, I started doing strictly sales and customer service for them and just kind of grew into the position. Um, I unfortunately didn't know anyone here when I started and just uh, it turned out that it was a, a correct fit. I was lucky to find these guys. Yeah, definitely. And back then, um, the suite of services and offering uh, is quite different than it is today, I bet. Um, you know, when <laughs> we started, Snap Names was much more focused on the legal market. Um, we didn't realize necessarily that the true market for our services were were domain name professionals. Uh, we we viewed ourselves almost more as a trademark protection company at that time. Oh, interesting, interesting. And so, tell me a little bit about how the company evolved uh, from a trademark company into this new um, into this expired name capture or name um, reservation market, as it used to be called, um, and and now into what it is today. Well, we, we started offering our, our snapback domain name back order in December of 2000. And we thought that the market was going to be people purchasing the back order to protect domain names that they already own. And we viewed the acquisition aspect of the snapback as, as kind of an afterthought at that point. We learned very quickly that the people who bought our services weren't necessarily trademark holders, but they instead uh, utilized us for the domain acquisition aspect of the snapback. And by spring of 2001, we had, we had realized that, that that was the direction we should, we should go. I mean, uh, of course, we still welcome business from, from trademark holders and anyone in the legal area, but, but our bread and butter really is servicing domain name professionals. Right. Well, I mean, certainly the, uh, the, the buckets filled up in that, uh, in that department <laughs> yeah, from a money standpoint, that's for sure. And um, even the drop in expired name market has evolved quite a bit, um, um, even over the last couple of years. Now, I, I, I want to get into uh, your products and services and, uh, you know, the new service, the new TF service that you guys offer and how folks mm-hmm. can, um, um, can really, you know, utilize the service to get names and brands that they really want for whatever purposes they want. And uh, I'd actually like everybody to walk away with a couple tips and tricks, um, you know, from the inside of Snap that can really help them you know, put a reservation on the domain name and have a good degree of confidence that they're going to get what they need, and uh, perhaps you can help us do that. And then also, um, the biggest problem that people are having, uh, which is how do you get those names out of registrars that they don't want them um, to reside at, and um, what kind of assistance you guys can provide uh, to, to, to get that done. So let's talk about TF a little bit um, and um, uh, what it means and how it varies and what's different about it than the expired name um, you know, uh, service from when a name is going pending delete. Certainly, certainly. Well, as as a lot of people will probably be aware, uh, Snap Names and Network Solutions uh, toward the end of this summer began a system of of uh, dealing with expired names that was different than anything that we've done before. In the past, when a domain name expired, it had always gone to deletion. Uh, the registry had let go of it, and then Snap names and the other people in our in our business would fight for the names. Beginning this summer, um, before Network Solutions will delete a name that has expired, they check with Snap names to see if we have a back order on the name. If we do have a back order, instead of deleting the name, they allow us to to process it and either give it to a Snap names customer if we have only one back order on the name, 
or if more than one customer wants the name, we, we run our short auction and give the name to the winner. Um, as you can imagine, this is quite a change uh, from the prior system. The, because the domain name doesn't go through the registry deletion process, um, there no longer is the redemption grace period. Uh, names no longer go into the pending delete status. Um, instead, they are transferred to the new owner at Network Solutions. Uh, there's no new creation date, for instance. Um, the, the transfer is instantaneous. I mean, there's no... It's instantaneous. So, so it, carry, it carries the former creation date uh, from the previous registration because it really doesn't drop. It's not a re-registration, basically. Right, right. That, um, so it carries exactly it, it carries the existing creation date, which is important to some people because they want that um, a long-life domain, uh, which has varying degrees of importance depending on what uh, what you do with domain names in, uh, in our particular market. Right, right. And we have found that customers prefer this transfer fulfillment um, prefer it vastly more so than they did the acquisition of domains via or via the old system. Well, of course, threat. because you're catching names before they actually go to deletion, and you're having the first chance to get them before they get to that well, stage. That, <laughs> that's part of it. Uh, another aspect of it that customers like is is the certainty involved. Um, if a name is expiring at Network Solutions, customers can be 100% certain that the name will be will be acquired at NetSol. Um, the name won't be at a registrar they've never heard of or perhaps wouldn't want to use. And, and that, that aspect of transfer fulfillment is one that, that we found people really, really appreciate. Yeah, definitely. And um, now the other side of this coin, which is a controversy, uh, controversy in, uh, in the registrar community, is... Um, and and it's um, it's been posed to you guys before, and those that are also going to be offering similar services, and and that is, um, where does the registrar draw the line in terms of when they own the domain name or have the right to own the domain name and use it in that manner? In other words, if it's still registered under a registrant and they haven't paid for the renewal and it is expired, is it the registrar's right? Do they have the right to then take possession of the domain name, offer it to um, a secondary market like this, and then change ownership, take in funds, and monetize that? Yeah, and, that that's an interesting question, and, and one that one that we deal with all the time. Um, as an example, let, let me describe what Network Solutions does, and and then maybe we can go into a little more detail. Network Solutions, when a name is not renewed will take no action on the name for 35 days past the expiration date. Um, for 35 days past the expiration date, the owner still has the ability to renew the name if they desire to. Um, the name doesn't resolve in this period, and the who is has been changed. The thought being that if the previous owner still wants the name, making it not resolve and changing the who is is probably the best way to notify them that, that they need to renew it now. Um, admittedly, the RGP period uh, provided by the registry is not provided to the registrants at NSI who let their names delete. Um, that is a decision that was made that, that some people do find controversial, right. but from a practical standpoint, uh, we see very, very few complaints um, that re resulting from the system that they have in place. Right. And, and speaking as a registrar, I, 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 you know, I'll put this out on the table so that everybody understands what actually happens here. Um, 
when your name expires, we pay for it um, the day it expires. So that means we have to pay for it at the registry, and in a sense, we're paying it on your behalf. And uh, different registrars have different rules on when they delete domain names. Uh, we know some registrars that delete names um, a couple days after expiration, or, or put it up for deletion a couple days after expiration. They don't want to have their money floating, um, especially if you're not in a decent financial position. You don't want to have your money floating out there if you have thousands of names that are deleted that you've paid for at the registry that go on to what's called auto-renew. If anybody ever does a um, registry lookup on a domain name, and they see that it's renewed at the registry, and they look down in the Whois record, you'll see that it is still expired at the registrar. That is because the registry auto-renews domain names at the day that, they do, that, they're, that they're expired because they withdraw funds from the registrar account. We pay on that behalf. When and if that registration is renewed within 45 days and paid for by the customer, um, then we as a registrar are reimbursed for that registration, and then everything's fine and good. So the, the issue here is, or the opportunity for SNAP and other, um, and the registrars that participate with them are, are that um, at some point, at some reasonable point, and that varies depending on what you call reasonable, but in our case, it would be somewhere at the 30-day mark, just like it is with Network Solutions. Um, you've been giving, given 14 or 15 renewal notices. You've been called. I mean, we call our customers. Uh, we do everything we possibly can to say, hey, your name's expired. Renew it. And if it is not renewed, um, it technically is paid for and owned by the registrar, and therefore um, that's the stance that the registrars are taking, and therefore there's a way to monetize that and get some of that money back. Right. I mean, it's, it's undeniable that the potential for abuse does exist. I mean, if an unscrupulous registrar was to do something like this, I, I mean, I can see a situation where an unscrupulous registrar could, could not send out renewal notices, and attempt to monetize a name that the registrant had actually intended to renew. Uh, that's not how we do business. Right. That's right. not how how people we do business with do business. And to be quite honest, the the registrars would not be in business if they did business no. that way either, because then uh, you would, no, I agree. everybody would be worried about their names uh, being hijacked. You know, being um, you know purposely you know taken t for this purpose, and that's certainly not the purpose of it. But right. that is a perception that's out on the market, um, and um, there is that gray area of when you call that name the registrars to be able to do that and when you don't. And then the other side of it is, do you share that revenue with your customer even though they didn't pay for the domain name and, and let it expire like that? And that's a whole other side of the coin because, um, you know, are they entitled to any of that revenue? Uh, you know, and, and who makes that call and how much and all that. Mm -hmm. So your system actually gives the ability for the registrar to do that, um, to be flexible in that area, to, to let the registrant or the former registrant participate in that. And also, um, if a registrar chooses not to for whatever reason, then they don't. <laughs> right, right. I mean, we, we have no desire to interfere with the registrar's relationship with their customer. I mean, if, if they want to give that, give that former registrant a, a cut of the proceeds, that's, that's completely up to them. It's, it's not, a, not a decision that snap, name, snap names will make. Right, right. Now, there's .com and .net. People are asking on the, in the chat room about other extensions. What's going on with .biz, .us, .info? Are there, are there TF services yet for these extensions? And give us a little bit of idea what is available in, the, in, in, this, in this market and what, um, what you cover uh, for all country codes and all extensions and where you're going with that in the future. Well, you know, today on the TF side, very little available, actually. I mean, right now, it's just common net domain names. Um, of course, we have... Why, why is that? Why, why, is, why is org not included in that? 
Well, it, the reason that Common Net was focused on is really twofold. Um, first off, Common Net represents the vast majority of, of the business we do. And, and secondly, there are some differences between how the registries handle domain names that, that kind of decided for us that Common Net would be the easiest thing to do off the bat. Um, I, I will say that we are in the process of, of deploying a TF system for Oregon Info. I can't give a timeline for that right now, but it, it is coming down the pike. Right, right. Well, because they share the same type of EPP um, uh, protocol. Exactly. And then .biz, what about .biz and .us and uh, their extensions, because they share a similar protocol also. You know, I, I would think that .biz and .us are probably a little bit further out. Um, we we see, see a lot more value in the expiring info and org names than .biz and .us at the moment. And, um, and, why, and do you say, why do you say that? I think the org and the info registries are a little bit more developed, and in in watching the prices, well, it, it runs excellent sites, for example. And in watching the prices of in watching the prices paid for domain names, uh, it appears that org and info really are are more lucrative for us at the moment. Right, right, and and actually we see that too in a lot of the aftermarket sales stuff as well. But uh, um, and what about what about some of the country code extensions? Are you even able to provide that? Well, you know, that, that's an interesting question. Each country code, of course, handles transfers and and deletions and renewals in a different way. Um, COUK, for instance, makes transferring a domain name from one party to another um, arguably uh, arguably a lot more difficult than it needs to be. Right. Uh, I I believe there's a about a fifty dollar fee to to do a transfer from one party to another. It's also done by paper, by the way. <laughs> and, right, and it involves involves actually getting away from the computer and, and signing something. So because of that, I mean, we're, I mean, with the current UK system in place, I don't see a practical way for us to do a transfer fulfillment on, on those names. And What about DE, which is a very popular extension in Europe? You know, DE is something that we are examining right now. Um, uh, again, it is... I mean, it would be quite a plum. I mean, DE is second only to .com in popularity in the world. Uh, again, though, there's the DNIC regulations that have to be dealt with, and that, uh, frankly, DE is an area that I would love for us to be more involved in, and I'm, I'm a little ashamed that we're not. Right, right. So, so getting back to the TF service, which is um, just just so that everybody understands the process. If if um, you do win, okay. So, if you're the only one that's interested in a T, in a name that's dropping. At one of the registrars, and by the way, what are who are the registrars that are on board on TF uh, with Snap right now? The the registrars that we've announced to the, to the public and that we have on board right now are Network Solutions, uh, Bulk Register, It's Your Domain, uh, Direct Eye, and Domain Site. Then uh, we also have several other deals in place that that aren't to the point yet where we can announce them. Right. Right. Okay, so um, the the good news on this is that um, um, the largest registrar that loses the most names <laughs> by uh, by because of several reasons uh, is actually part of the service. Um, so uh, right. as they're losing uh, more names than anyone else, which is NSI, um, they get to share in a lot of the monetization on why the names are leaving their system. Um, and so that's a that's the largest registrar with the most domain losses and the most domain uh, deletions because it had the most domain names in it. And obviously, uh, bulk register I think is a top five registrar, and uh, um, they have a good selection of uh, domain names that are um, you know on that um, you know on that market too. 
You know, both Bulk and NSI have been around for so long and, and registered the names for, for so many early adopters in this space that I, it's my feeling that the names that delete from those two registrars are probably, probably proportionally more valuable than the deletes that come out of other registrars. Right. Uh, I, I don't necessarily have numbers to back this up, but it's... Well, you're probably, your, your process of elimination is probably true, um, um, because uh, a lot of the older, you know, the, a lot of the older companies that had old... I mean, unfortunately, it's because of some bad reasons. You know, there's a lot of old contacts on domain names that don't have valid email addresses, that don't have... Uh, you know, that they're not able to contact anymore. And so there's some pretty good names that actually drop and delete because people didn't update the records. That's the bad side of the problem with the losing company for those domain names and the upside for those that are putting in those reservations for them. Right. Um, right. On the other hand, those that are smart with those dom their domain names and actually monetize them um, don't delete them, so they would never become available for the open market, and those are some of the reasons why some registrars, uh, like ourselves, don't hardly delete, you know, don't actually have names expire, um, you know, for the most part, because people are utilizing those domain names, making money on them, and those names would never come up for uh, expiration because they're, they keep those inventories for reasons. And uh, so some registrars focus on those types of clientele that uh, understand that side of the market. So. Um, I think you're in a good situation where you're picking up a lot of, um, you know, a lot of business from registrars that are um, have some of the legacy systems that have some of the older domain names because those are one of some of the first registrars that were in place, and there's definitely some opportunity there for the open market. I guess you would agree with that. Oh, I agree with that absolutely. Um, and you know, not not to not to say that it's not worthwhile for other registrars to, uh, to get in on this. I mean. They, Today, if a registrar has domains that are deleting, I mean, every name that they hit the delete button for is possibly one that we could sell for them. Exactly. So, exactly. I mean, so. uh, yeah, I, I think that even for, the, even for the smallest registrars, if they are deleting any names at all, it's probably worth looking into some sort of TF system. Well, there is a, there is a food for thought that says, uh, or, or a philosophy that says, if a name's ever been registered previously, it's got to be worth something or had to be worth something to somebody for a reason. And so that is a good sign, period. If any name is actually up for expiration, it means it's been registered before. And somebody felt it was important to register to begin with, so um, it could have been for a personal site. It could have been an active site. It could have been, um, you know, it could have been used as a, a forwarding site. It could have been used a, as a number of different things. They could have inherent traffic, um, lots of links uh, back and forth from that site, and have uh, a lot of inherent value that people don't really know by just looking at it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the mechanisms that people use to value domain names. I like to pretend that I understand them, but it, but I know that I don't. I mean, I, I understand the the basic methods, but. For the for the domain auctions that we see, occasionally I uh, I see valuations that that are just incomprehensible to me. Right. Well, trust me, they're they're being acquired and sucked up because there are some other uh, valuable information on those particular domain names. <laughs> uh, we know that for a fact. Um, now, um, so once somebody acquires a domain name, if there's no other bidders, um, that person will win the domain name for what fee? Uh, our minimum bid right now is sixty dollars. Okay, so sixty dollars would win the domain name, and um, there's been a lot of question about what happens then at that point. It, it goes into a SNAP account at that particular registrar, and then changes ownership. And does the renewal year come with it, like it does as on a new registration? How is that all handled? Well, there, there's 
two mechanisms, the, the transfer fulfillment and then the, the older style where we acquire the name via a network of registrars. Um, in transfer fulfillment, we will, the name will be in a SNAP names holding account and then we will literally transfer it to the new owner. Uh, kind of an, an internal registrar transfer. And, uh, and does a well, year come with it? Who's responsible for paying for the renewal year? Oh, th there will be there will be an additional year added when the registrar renews it. Um, so so snaps snap grabs it for the customer. It's in the customer's account. The registrar then has to renew it so it doesn't get deleted again, or it doesn't go to actually to be deleted. It doesn't end up on the delete list. So the registrar's responsibility is to renew it at that time once it's been um, reserved. Correct. Correct. Okay. I just want to make sure that everybody understands the process. All right. Because, now, uh, now, in the event that it's a domain name where we have acquired it when it actually drops, when we've acquired it using registrar's threads, um, at that point, SnapNames doesn't actually put the name into a SnapNames account. We register it and then directly apply the customer's information to it. Well, because um, it's actually a new registration at that point, and then, right, then right. a new year new comes with our date, new registration. Right, because it's a, actually a deleted domain name that's actually been deleted from the registry and then up on the open market where Snaps threads or pools threads or whoever right, threads. Right, right. There was there was technically a period of time when that domain name did not exist when it it was available on the open market for anyone to grab. I mean that. A period of time may have lasted a fraction of a second, but but it was there. Right. Now, when a domain name gets into the bidding process, explain that. And uh, a lot of people's concerns from this expired name market is the shill bidding uh, and the inflated bidding process and how you know there's really somebody on the other end bidding this thing up or is it the company. And we really need to wipe the slate clean on this one because there's lots of concerns out there. There's been hints of this been going on across the industry. and. Uh, you know, what is Snap Names doing about this and um, preventing this from occurring? And, um, you know, how, how do you, you know, prove that there's valid bids here? Now, when we designed our auction process, one of our primary goals was to make it more open, more transparent than any other domain auction system that was, that was in place at the time. Um, we've taken a few steps to, to do that, I think. Um, one way that our auction is different than, than others is that once a, once a bidder is assigned a, a screen name, they're unable to change that screen name um, over the course of every auction that they do at Snap Names. And w what this does is for the people who pay attention to the auctions, I mean, they will often see the same people there, and they will know that this person who, who is bidding up the name is someone who actually participates in the, in the domain name world. Um, Another thing, that, another thing that we did that was not easy for us but needed to be done is when we moved to auctions, we, we killed off our affiliate program. Um, I get quite a few requests from people wanting to be Snapping's affiliates, and we, we just don't do it. The, reason, the reasoning behind that is, is this. When somebody bids at an auction at SnapNames, the dollar amount that you see on the screen is what that person is going to pay. Nobody has an affiliate discount. Nobody, not, not even our largest customers, have any kind of a volume discount. So we, we thought it was very important to, to let people know that that dollar amount on the screen is the actual bid and is what the high bidder is committed to paying. Right. Um, I, I do not think it's fair to have an auction where participants in the auction all 
get a discount at a varying percentage based on whatever kind of deal they've negotiated with the auctioneer. Right, right. And, and that's, a, that's a correct stance to take. And so I'm going to ask you a couple qu- qu- uh, tough questions around this. One is that before you moved into this TF service, um, there was obviously a number of reservations uh, and contracts on uh, domain names that, um, you know, that had reservations on previous snaps. And there is some resentment amongst some of the community that used the service that they weren't grandfathered in um, to still have those SNAP reservations on the domain names after this change was made. What, you know, how did you guys really address this? I mean, uh, you know, I'm sure it's a, it's, a, it's a little bit of a thorn in your guys' side because, um, uh, yeah, you know, in those types of situations, you don't know what the fair thing to do is, but... I want to address it with you head on because it is something that's coming up in the in the chat room and it comes up on a regular basis whenever we talk about it. It is it is an issue that that we struggled with at the time, and uh, I'm not certain that that it was resolved correctly. Quite frankly, um, for just just to be clear, uh, prior to TF, prior to the transfer fulfillment deal, uh, we had shifted our site from a first come first serve back order model to an auction model. And when we did that, uh, when we did that, the existing snapback backorders, the first come first serve, uh, were not honored. Uh, instead, the funds that were paid to us were treated as credits. I am not certain that that was what we should have done. For various reasons, though, it, it was the choice that we had to make. Um, if, if you recall, at the time, the industry was such that that we were in a position where we needed to change our business model, or else our days were limited. And it was it was a hard decision to make. It was it was one that that cost us a few friends. There's there's no two ways about that. Um, well, what 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 would have been your options? Because you know it's a, it's a definitely a sore subject amongst those that had you know previous back orders in. I mean. Uh, you know, what are your options? And then, you know, are you, are you considering coming back to, around and sweeping uh, through some of those people that got kind of hung up in the middle and trying to take care of them in some way? So I think everybody understands market changes and that companies need to shift their direction sometimes to to not only survive, but to, to be a first mover. Uh, but you also have to come back around and take care of those that were caught up in the change and somehow at least try to make things right. You know, uh, right, and right. so, you know, maybe you know, you can, maybe you're gonna just address that. Maybe you don't have a right answer. Maybe, but but it is something that I think people want to hear about. Well, and and of course, I mean, every dollar that that we had collected, I mean, was applied to customers' accounts. I mean, it, it was never an issue of accepting money and then not providing a service. I know that people will argue with me on that point because they they feel as if they they are entitled to that first position on the on those names that they had. But I can I can tell you in all honesty that had we honored every existing back order in our system uh, going going out for years and years as you can imagine we wouldn't be here today to give them any value on that money that they paid us. Um, okay, so it was a, in it order was a change to, of direction in order to keep the company in a in a in a, in a survival you know and then um, you know a market leader position. Right, right. To, to do that, so that's understandable. No, it's we go to a, a lot of effort and take a lot of pride in in trying to treat our customers right and trying to make sure that their problems are addressed 
quickly and 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 resolved in a, in a manner that's that's satisfactory to them. That episode is is the only episode in our past where you know we we made a decision and and we had to stand by it, and it was the necessary decision for us. But it's it's not one that that people like, and I I can appreciate that. But it's it's in the past now. Right. So there's going to be nothing done to go back and readdress it. I mean, it was some time ago, but, um, you know, I just wanted to make sure that it was got out, and I do... No, at, at the moment, I mean, there, there's, there are no plans to, to do anything uh, with, with regard to that changeover. Right. Okay. Well, I, you know, I do appreciate your candor on that, and it's, uh, you know, it's a tough question to, to ask and a tough answer to give, um, you know, when, um, you know, everybody can admit they made mistakes and may not have followed the, the best decision at the time, but as you said, you guys were in a little bit of a survival mode and trying to figure out what direction to take at that point when the market changed on you. And so it's, uh, you know, sometimes you got to make tough decisions and uh, you can't make everybody happy all the time, but it is important to protect, you know, those that were aligned with you and, you know, those that were your customers during the best of times also. <laughs> so anyway, Absolutely. all right, so we'll move on to another, uh, another question um, or another, uh, you know, uh, tough issue. And that is the registrars that are on board uh, for, I think this happens mostly with the deleted side, you know, not when, not in the TF side because you have a pretty good handle on who those registrars are. There's a handful of them and another right. handful well, well, to be announced a, soon. But the, for a TF registrar to, I mean, for it to be a, a lucrative TF registrar, I mean, it, it needs to be an, an established registrar with, with domain names and a user base. And I, I think that a lot of the registrars that generate complaints are... Are, are the smaller registrars, the newer registrars, the, the guys who may have gotten accredited just for the purpose of monetizing their batch pool connections. Right, right. So what do we do to get these names, to get these um, uh, domain names out of these um, smaller registrars that no one is really behind the scenes on? Um, I, 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 you know, personally help our customers out by, you know, t contacting Nelson or, you know, or Mason, and um, I'm uh, very active on a lot of the boards and stuff. And I, people email me and private message me all the time. And we, as a company, are committed. Even, even if the domain names aren't that moniker, we, because we have relationships with with both you, uh, uh, Snap Names, and with Pool, uh, we have pretty good leverage on getting those names out. But what are really, what do we really need to do to help those people that are just, they're just stuck, oh. they're frustrated? I mean, I. What you describe is is exactly what I would recommend. I mean, it's we have relationships, obviously, with all of the registrars who who might get a name for you if you order the snap name. Um, some of these registrars are are located outside the U.S. or Canada, or are very small. Um, occasionally, they're even one man operations. So they, I mean, when they don't respond to a request. It's not always necessarily because they're they're trying to blow off a registrant or or have something uh, have a what's the term I'm looking for? It, they're not necessarily acting with an ill intent. Um, right, they're just not capable of supporting. Unable to process the, the request. Right, they're not able to support what they they put. Out. I mean, right. the bad part of, of it is they're not able to support what they actually went into market to do is to provide a service for customers. 
and that's right. the bad thing. So, I mean, we can, we can, um, you know, stay on that topic all night because, uh, we have big problems with registrars that are in that position and, and, um, you know, it, it creates extra work for us as a legitimate registrar to help get names out of those registrars. So, you know, a lot of our time every day is spent, um, trying to do that for folks. Well, so I, I that, that's one side of it. But, um, so, but there's not a lot of people like me though, uh, or like us that go and help their customers. I mean, other registrars right. don't mean, have that, time that to is, do that. <laughs> I mean, that, that is the, the one piece of advice I would, I would give to people is, don't hesitate to use snap names if you ever have any kind of issue with with a domain name that you acquired through us. Okay, so who should they contact? What's the email address? Um, do they contact by phone? I mean, lay it out our, so people our know. Our support department is, is great. Um, so is that support at snap names or what's the email? snap names. Okay, support at snap uh, names. We also have, have an 800 number if, if they'd rather call. And what is that number? Uh, it is 800-385-4075. Okay. And uh, a lot of people listening are probably familiar with Nelson Brady. Yes. Yep. Uh, he, he is a bulldog on this kind of thing. Okay. And, and of course, contact me or Mason or, or really anyone here. Okay. And again, for those that are listening, we, we are really good at helping with this problem and uh, we'll be happy to help anybody um, by using our relationships with Snap and with Pool to help you get your names uh out of there and, um, you know, safe, uh, whatever registrar you're going to be at, but hopefully <laughs> our registrar. <laughs> um, all right. So that's good news on that. Um, what, uh, any, uh, well, I guess, uh, the, the next the logical question is to talk a little bit about the competition. Um, you know, obviously snap, uh, competes on the, on the drop side. Uh, first of all, there's a couple of people asking what TF stands for. That's transfer fulfillment. Um, that's what it basically stands for. Correct. Right, right. I'm, I'm sorry. That's the kind of the shorthand we use to describe the the relationship we have with certain registrars, where where we get first shot at their names that are expired. Right. So it's transfer fulfillment. That's what TF means. So the TF service basically is um, putting your reservation on domain name before it even gets into the deletion pool, um, grabbing it while it's expired, but at a certain point when the registrar is now uh, saying, hey, it's ours to do with what we want, and we're going to offer it to the open market before we send it to the deletion pool. If it goes to the deletion pool, then you have um, your TurboSnap uh, product, which competes with the pool system, and NameWinner, and uh, um, uh, Club Drop from Enom, and all the other mm -hmm. services, and then, you know, there's that whole uh, open market. But I guess pool's coming out with the open listing service, and some of the uh, another service that's competitive to uh, the TF service, and you know, where is Snap staying ahead of the game and uh, being innovative in this market to to help people get um, the domain names that they really want? Well, I mean, we're we're trying to stay ahead by by not giving up the lead that we have, both uh, on the thread side and by constantly seeking out more and and new registrar partnerships on the TF side. Um, for us, the, the name of the game is increasing the volume of domains that we are able to make available to customers. Um, obviously, it would be wonderful if we could partner with other large registrars, and, and we're seeking that out right now. Um, we also, I mean, continually kind of modify the, the website and the services that we provide. Um, well, for, for instance, we're in the process of deploying a an enhanced search capability, uh, allowing allowing people to track domain names that are coming available that that they may be interested in. Um, I mean, the, those are the, the sorts of things that we we do on a continual basis. Is trying to stay ahead. Okay, 
And in terms of statistics, I think it's important to lay out, you know, how does this market break out? I mean, what percentages do you say, do you guys claim um, as, you know, winning domain names for people compared to the other services that are out there? Where do you see the market breaking out? You know, that's a, it's a difficult question. When when there were only one or two people going after a name, it, it was pretty easy to say, well, today we got 60% and they got 40 But because there's now at least five professional outfits and and some number of skilled amateurs that go after domain names every day they drop, it was really impossible to say that Snap Names gets a name 50% of the times when it wants one, Pool gets a name 40% of the time. It, just because you, you can never be certain who is trying to registrar, who's trying to register a domain name when it actually drops. Um, I think it's just my sense that on a per registrar basis, Snap Names has the best technology. I think that Enom does very well uh, with the with, with the amount of threads that they have. Um, I think that when pool is successful, it's it's often a result of the amount of firepower they have, not not necessarily how well they are at aiming at all. All right. Um, that's that, that's my impression. I mean, I I have no no spreadsheet I can send you to back that up. But and you know, maybe maybe back this question up a different way. How many uh, domain names do you guys capture a day through either one of your services? Uh, you know, it, it can vary quite a bit. Well, give me an average. Give me the average per month. The, the average per month that we get per registrar can can be as low as a hundred or or as high as a thousand. Um, we get we typically on the thread side we'll register at least a few hundred domain names a day for customers, and then on the TF side, um, it can vary between several hundred and, and several thousand even. Okay. So we're, we're moving quite a few domain names every day, week, and month through yeah. Snap Names. Well, that sounds like it. All right, well, cool. Um, anything else that you'd like to, to – how about uh, any special tips or tricks or anything you can share with uh, the listening audience that can help them acquire the domain names uh, better than they're currently doing? What are some of the – what are some of the inside, uh, you know, tricks that people don't really know about that can really well, you know, help them use your service? One thing I'd like to emphasize is, is just that, that people people need to use the personnel at Snap Names. I mean, and and not just if they're having a transfer problem with with one of our registrars, but if I mean, if there's really any problem at all with that registrar. Uh, a lot of the times, if you're having an issue with a domain name that you acquired via Snap Names, the fault is likely to be on the snap name side, not necessarily the registrar side. And I, I know that a lot of domainers will will waste some of their personal bandwidth trying to repair things with the registrar. When, when in fact, if, if you guys would just come to us directly, it's that's probably the way to remedy things. Well, that's a, that's a nice uh, uh, admittance <laughs> that it usually is a snap's fault. So uh, that's a good so that's a good sign. So don't just complain about it. If you're really having a problem, come come to uh, Snap to get it. Right. But I mean, aside from the problem, it's quite possible that the registrar won't even really know what you're talking about. I mean, it'll be an issue that w- that is so much under our control that they won't even be able to assist. Right. So, so that's if you're having problems. But what about capturing the names? What uh, is there any special, you know, inside tips or tricks on how one could, uh, you know, put the right reservation in, get the right domain name, anything like that, or is it just pure, you know, uh, 
pure luck on putting a reservation on and hoping that either one, no one else comes in and bids for it, or two, the one that comes in and bids for it, uh, it's going to be relatively uh, fair and low price auction, and you can afford to buy the domain name. Right. Well, I mean, I mean the like, like most of the people out there know. I mean, the name of the game is identifying names that are coming available that you think could be valuable to you. So, what are the I mean, what are the best tools to use to find those names that are coming available? Obviously, you have your own um, list that come due that you send out to the people that are a part of the mailing list. We do, we do. Um, I know that the, the people we see who who seem to be very successful at at picking up names that perhaps don't have as much interest from other people, they actually use proprietary systems that they've built themselves. Uh, Systems whereby they can check a domain name against uh, all the the different ways you check it for popularity. I mean, your your overture links and and that sort of thing. Right, right. And the commercial services that do the same are, I mean, are great, and we've used some of them. But the commercial services have quite a few customers. And the, the people, who and they're all competing have, for the same information. So it's right. all of it. Yeah, and, right. And the people who seem to consistently, consistently find names that that are valuable but but generate little interest, do it with tools they've built on their own, or at the very least taken and modified with with their own systems. Right. And if you had to pick the best public service or services to, to for that information, since we we obviously can't allow, you know, we can't give people the private services that people have uh, proprietary information on, who's uh, who's the best public services to get some of that information that you've experienced? Gosh, you know, I I hesitate to recommend people. Well, don't recommend. This, this is not a recommendation. I'll, right, I'll, right. I'll lay that out. You're just saying, hey, here's a couple services people can go to. to well, I, I know that that Domains Bot has been around for quite some time. Yeah, and actually they're a great group of guys, too. I, c- I can recommend them because <laughs> they are a good group of guys, that's for sure. Right. And good technology. Actually, actually another, another company that I'm fairly familiar with is dropfilter.com. Uh, they might be a good one for folks to check out just because they're a little bit relatively unknown compared to Domains Bot. Yeah, actually, I've never heard of them, so uh, that's, uh, that's a good tip. Good. All right, Shell. Well, I really appreciate your time. Uh, and actually, ran. Uh, we we had so much to talk about. We 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 ran over a little bit, didn't we? <laughs> um, so I really appreciate your time, and uh, I'm glad that we were able to uh, flesh out some of the uh, both the opportunities and some of the issues that people have had with Snap in the past. And uh, um, we do believe it's a great service, and uh, we should be looking for some great announcements on Moniker.com relating to Snap as well in the near future. And um, think that uh, um, it was. You know, good to have you on and reveal um, you know what's going on in your industry a little bit, and uh, really appreciate ha- ha- really appreciate your time. Hey, I appreciate the chance to be on your show. Great. Uh, yeah, and if if anyone needs to contact me, my email address is on the Snap Names website, so please feel free. Uh, why don't you share that with everybody? Um, just, uh, uh, it is Shell uh, K J E L at SnapNames dot com. Great. All right, well, Shelf, uh, have a good evening. Thanks again for your time. Yeah, you too. Everyone else, thank you for listening this week uh, at Domain Masters. Uh, we hope to uh, bring you another great show next week uh, on Wednesday. Same time, same place. Be the master of your domain. See you next week. WebmasterRadio.fm. Keep your headphones handy and the feed loaded. We never stop. Do you? 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.